0: Welcome to the Macmillan Report. I'm Marilyn Wilkes, your host, and our guest is Rolena Adorno, Ruben Post Halleck Professor of Spanish and Chair of the Department of Spanish and Portuguese at Yale University. Professor Adorno has done groundbreaking work in Latin American literary studies and has won several awards for it. Her scholarly work focuses on the field of literary cultural production in colonial Latin America. She became most well-known for her 1986 book, Huaman Puma, Writing and Resistance in Colonial Peru, which centered on the analysis of the pictorial and prose text that a native Andean wrote to the King of Spain. Her book offered a vivid look at the confrontation of a writer from an indigenous American culture with its colonial conquerors and revealed the survival of a vital Native legacy. More recently, she has explored the Spanish writings about the New World that includes both a prize-winning three-volume book on early Spanish exploration of the area now part of the U.S. Southwest, and one, which we will discuss here, that takes up the role that the historical, theoretical, and polemic works written during the colonial period in Latin America have played in the history of Latin American literature and thought in november she was appointed to the national council on the humanities welcome professor adorno thank you Marilyn. it's a pleasure to be here congratulations on your national council on the humanities appointment tell us about the council and what your
1: role will be the national council on the humanities is a twenty six-member board Mm -hmm. it is appointed by the president of the united states with confirmation by the u.s. senate and this 26 member board serves as an advisor or an advisory board to the chairman of the National Endowment for the Humanities. In addition, we review grant applications or do a final review of all grant applications that are presented uh, to the NEH. I was nominated by President Obama on July 7th, rather July 9th Mm -hmm. of this year, 2009, and my confirmation by the US Senate was on November 5th.
0: Wonderful. So let's talk about your academic work. You've written several books on colonial Latin American literature, and now you are at work on the origins of the study of the Spanish world in the US in the 19th century. What drew you to research them?
1: This project really comes out of my background in a way. Mm -hmm. I was raised on a farm in Iowa and I went to a one room country schoolhouse. And there we learned as small children that Christopher Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Mm -hmm. Many years later, I began to wonder how it was that Christopher Columbus became part of the prehistory of the United States, and so that has led me to this study of 19th century uh, North American literature, the beginnings of our own national literature in this country, and carrying it through the 19th century. There are many landmarks along the way, but I always like to point to Thomas Jefferson, Mm -hmm. who was the first to recommend the teaching of the modern languages in the U.S. University, both at the College of William and Mary and at the University of Virginia, which he founded. It was his view that the greater part of our early history is written in Spanish and took a very hemispheric approach to the study of the Spanish world, the Spanish new world, uh, and thus it began to be a part of our own legacy. It was really the time of the foundation of our national literature that uh, Spain's new world became prominent for us.
0: Your recently published book, The Polemics of Possession in Spanish-American Narrative, won the Modern Language Association of America's Katherine Singer Kovacs Prize. Give us an overview of the book and what you argue in it.
1: Well, the heart of the book Mm -hmm. is really the argument that the debates that were held in the 16th century, shortly after the Spanish arrived to the Americas, debates on the right of Spanish dominion, to those territories, debates on the treatment of the native populations. These debates stood at the core of 16th century Spanish thought Mm -hmm. on their being in the new world. My argument is that on the basis of that, we find those debates shall I say, reiterated new positions taken in the early historical writings about Spanish America and in the writings that continued and some of those Uh, topics we see rehearsed to this day in contemporary Latin American literature. So the argument is that the core of the Latin American literary tradition for Spain really rests on these early debates on the right to foreign domination and the treatment of the native peoples in those lands, a topic that we find persists today in other domains, of course.
0: Sure, okay. Um, And in the book, what are some of the conclusions you reach?
1: Well, the conclusions, the basic conclusions that I've reached is that there are some issues that are pertinent. All throughout history Mm -hmm. and of course if we think of Latin America before it was called Latin America which begins in the 19th century from the time of Columbus onward the persistence of these issues in one forum or another has never never subsided so it is one of the enduring legacies actually of Latin American literature and culture and thought that's really the major conclusion
0: okay And how did you do your research for the book? I imagine you're fluent in Spanish.
1: Yes, of course. Uh, and I also write in Spanish. Okay. Uh, but for this book, naturally, the, res- the source materials are always Spanish texts, Spanish documents, uh, Spanish language documents mm-hmm. from that period. And I began like I suppose any literary studies person uh, begins nowadays, which was by reading the texts very closely. There is a marvelous book that was published uh, in the 1920s. It was actually edited by uh, a venerated principal of Hill House High School here in New Haven. It was part of a series and in that series he edited the works of Washington Irving, the Mm -hmm. the Washington Irving biography of Christopher Columbus. But the series title very interestingly was uh, the series, shall I say, subtitle was the best way to know what an author has written is to read what he, and now we would add, or she, uh, has actually stated. So uh, it always starts with the texts and generating the research questions out of what is before me uh, in those writings. So it's very much a work of libraries and archives.
0: Okay, and does it take you around the world?
1: Actually, it takes me on the short circuit from Washington, D.C. and the U.S. Library of Congress up to Harvard and the Widener and Houghton Libraries. Uh, That's because so much early Americana, if we might call it that, Uh, the great works that were written mostly in Spanish, but later also in English and French and Dutch, of course, on the New World became the object of US collectors in mm-hmm. the late 18th and early 19th centuries. So a great many of these precious imprints are now located in research libraries here. It's not to say that they're not in Spain and the republics of Latin America, but it is that some of those copies have come to this country. Okay. So most of my research is actually done in libraries in the US on very old Spanish materials. Okay,
0: let's go back to an earlier book um, you have written about Waman Puma, yes, what um, drew you to him, and what did you find so particularly interesting that you would that would cause you to write the book?
1: I never imagined, as many people did not, that Indians wrote books mm-hmm. I discovered this book, it had been published, but its manuscript exists in Copenhagen in the Royal Library of Denmark, as a matter of fact. I read this book, uh, this manuscript, shall I say. Decades ago, and I was struck by the fact that here was somebody who was not from a Spanish language tradition His native language was Quechua Uh who learned reading and writing probably as an adolescent in the service of the missionary clergy from Spain and Read books and took it upon himself to write one in fact. This to me uh, was a revelation and there are some other examples of it both from early colonial Mexico as well as this one from early colonial Peru and other places to show that one of the means of retaining cultural vitality in those early times was to learn the language of the European conqueror and in fact write the early history of one's own country Mm -hmm. in that language destined both for a native but also for a Spanish, in this case the Spanish King of Spain, a Spanish audience as well. So I answered the research question there I guess you might say what did Indians read in the early colonial period? And the other part of it is the dynamic of not being able to be a complete revolutionary, a complete radical in those days. Because under, that is, for a person under colonialism, it meant dealing with the powers that be and in their language. And these processes of cultural accommodation at the same time as it includes cultural resistance and their complexities uh, were a very, very interesting topic to me. Uh
0: Okay, and a final question. Um, what was some of the most surprising things you found in doing your research?
1: Overall, I'd say the thing that always surprises me is that any assumptions that I may begin with mm-hmm. have to be checked and usually corrected. Mm-hmm. I'm always surprised how little we understand, time's long gone. But I'm also convinced that we need to Bring them to the present with us, even though our interest is generated by present-day concerns. It's one way of looking back, however imperfectly, through that looking glass.
0: Wow. Thank you so much for being here today and
1: sharing some of your work. Thank you so much, Marilyn. It's been a great pleasure.
0: For more information about Professor Adorno and her work, please visit our website at yale.edu backslash Report. Be sure to join us again for another episode of the Macmillan Report, made possible through funding from the Whitney and Betty Macmillan Center for International and Area Studies at Yale.